Welcome to That You May Grow Thereby, a work of the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ. We are located at 18 Scott Drive in Florence, Kentucky. Our phone number is 859-371-2095. You can also visit us at www.nkcofc.com. And now, that you may grow thereby. Thank you for listening to That You May Grow Thereby. My name is Greg Littmer. I'm one of the elders at the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ. And I've got a couple of things on my mind that I'd like to talk to you about today. One of them is worshiping in the correct spirit. And the other one has to do with children. But let's start with the first. The book of Malachi is a fascinating book for a number of different reasons. It is the last book of the Old Testament canon. It is the final word from God to his people before the fulfillment of that to which the entire Old Testament looked forward, the coming of the Messiah. It also depicts the spiritual condition and attitude of the people about 450 years before the coming of the Lord. It is the message of the book upon which I want to focus. There are timeless lessons contained within the book of Malachi, and by the time of Malachi, the people had been back in Judea for over 100 years. God had brought them back just like he said that he would. The temple was rebuilt, although not to its previous glory, and the walls of the city of Jerusalem had been very recently rebuilt. They had every reason to be a worshipful, thankful people. But instead of getting better spiritually, they had gotten worse. Malachi talks about indifference on the part of God's people to the moral and ceremonial aspects of divine law. Their worship was in a state of decay. Oh, they did it. But it was not occupying the place of priority in their hearts and their lives that the worship of God deserves. As a matter of fact, Malachi teaches that worship that is a mere ritual is of no value at all. Worship only has value when it results in the expression of sincere love and adoration for God. They were giving God the leftovers, so to speak, and not the first fruits. That included even the animals offered in sacrifice and the tithes that they had to give. Let's look at a couple of examples. In Malachi chapter 1, verses 6-8, we find these words. A son honors his father, and a servant his master. Then if I am a father, where is my honor? And if I am a master, where is my respect, says the Lord of hosts to you, O priests who despise my name? But you say... How have we despised thy name? You are presenting defiled food upon my altar. But you say, How have we defiled thee? In that you say the table of the Lord is to be despised. But when you present the blind for sacrifice, is it not evil? And when you present the lame and the sick, is it not evil? Why not offer it to your governor? Would he be pleased with you? Or would he receive you kindly, says the Lord of hosts? Instead of giving God the very best, they were giving him the worst. Why offer to God a perfectly healthy animal that would prove very profitable to themselves 
when they had some sick and lame animals that weren't worth nearly as much. God said if they gave the same kind of gifts to a political ruler, it would be an insult to him and he would not accept it. How much more of an insult is it to God when we give less than our best? That is the lesson. In verse 10 we read, Oh, that there were one among you who would shut the gates, that you might not uselessly kindle fire on my altar. I'm not pleased with you, says the Lord of hosts, nor will I accept an offering from you. What is God saying here but that it is better to shut the gates and stay home rather than to pervert the worship by giving God less than our best? Look at verses 13 and 14. You also say, My, how tiresome it is. And you disdainfully sniff at it, says the Lord of hosts. And you bring what was taken by robbery and what is lame or sick. So you bring the offering. Should I receive it from your hand, says the Lord? But cursed be the swindler who is made as a male in his flock and vows it, but sacrifices a blemished animal to the Lord. For I am a great king, says the Lord of hosts, and my name is feared among the nations. Instead of their worship being an expression of joy out of a grateful and reverent heart, they viewed worship and their part in it as a burdensome chore. Consider chapter 3 and verse 8 where we find, Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me, but you say, Wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. God is God of all, and everything is his. Yet the people were not willing to freely give their tithes and offering as an acknowledgement of God's ownership and their stewardship. Now, we are not obligated to tithe under the new covenant, but we are most certainly obligated to recognize God's position of ownership and ours as stewards. We are most certainly obligated to demonstrate our love and recognition in our offerings to God. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 8, Paul wrote, I speak not by commandment, but by occasion of the forwardness of others, and to prove the sincerity of your love. That statement was made in the context of a discussion of giving, and he spoke of it as proof of the sincerity of your heart, the sincerity of your love. We are most certainly obligated to give freely and cheerfully out of a heart filled with love and gratitude. Just one chapter over in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 and 7, we find, But this I say, He which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. But every man according as he has purposed in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. However, all was not lost. The book of Malachi closes with the marvelous words of anticipation. Malachi chapter 4 verses 5 and 6 says, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord, and he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. John the Baptist would come and prepare the way for the Lord. Let's be sure that we're not guilty of apathy when it comes to our service and our worship to God. Let us make a point to always give our best. And now the second thing I wanted to talk to you about today has to do with children. God has gone to great lengths in his word to assure the proper rearing of children. 
The first thing to be noted is that God views children as a great blessing to their parents. In Psalm 127, verses 3 through 5, this is what we read. Lo, children are a heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are the children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. The second thing to mention is that children are to be loved. In Paul's letter to Titus, we find that the older women were to teach the younger women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children. That's Titus chapter 2 and verse 4. Children are to be provided for. 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 8 informs us, But if any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, he has denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. Children are to be corrected when necessary. Solomon wrote in Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 15, Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction shall drive it far from him. Proverbs 13:24 says, He that spares the rod hates his son, but he that loves him chastens him sometimes. In each step of their development, children are to be instructed in the ways of the Lord. Deuteronomy chapter 11 verses 18 through 20 says, Therefore shall ye lay up these words in your heart and in your soul, and bind them for a sign upon your hand, that they may be as frontlets between your eyes, and teach them to your children, speaking of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, and when thou risest up, and thou shalt write them upon the doorpost of thine house, and upon thy gates. In the New Testament, the Apostle Paul made the very same point when he instructed the Ephesians in chapter 6 and verse 4, And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Instructing our children in the ways of the Lord involves many things. They must be taught about God, prayerfully brought to believe in Him. They must be taught of the wonderful things of His creation and the way that He blesses us every day of our lives. Children must be taught to worship God and to live the moral life that he has decreed to be right and proper. Children must be taught to be good citizens and to be in subjection to the government under which they live, and they must be taught to work. Oh, the job of a parent is a very important job, but it is one that God has blessed us with. Thank you for listening today.